the other day about how people don't realize um, in the Little Rock, Arkansas area, um, that one of the biggest contributors to the Bitcoin movement um, actually graduated high school at Central High and and uh, kind of left the state, hasn't been back. But like, um, you know, when you talk about Bitcoin around here, uh, it's hard to translate because there's not a big following in sure. Little Rock. But um, the fact that the guy who was the CTO of one of the largest Bitcoin exchanges in the world um, is from here and actually kind of likes Little Rock. Um, You're talking about Mt. Gox? Yeah, Mt. Gox is, is the platform. Uh, so Jed, Jed McCaleb was the major contributor towards that. And now he's looking to innovate the blockchain technology behind Bitcoin even further with some of the projects he's working on. But um, I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people in this area um, pass off Bitcoin as like this crazy thing, but um, you know, there, there's some connection there that sure. Little Rock could kind of have a, a cool story of. Right, right. Know. Yeah, so there are like some influential people in the Bitcoin technology that came from like our backyard. Yeah. Is yeah. kind of the idea. And not many people know that. Sure. Yeah, I, I didn't really know that until recently. Yeah. So. One thing I think people also don't know is that um, there's guys like you who are, you know, very enthusiastic about how it works. Um, you know, you know so much about like how to even emulate your own, like replicate a blockchain and create your own, right? Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing is like all the code for Bitcoin, it's open source. So anyone can access it, run it on their machine, manipulate it however they want. Yeah. And that was like one of the projects that I did on my own was kind of fork the original Bitcoin code and to kind of create my own alternate version of it. Yeah. Which, and there are many altcoins around today, you know, like Litecoin or Dogecoin or, or maybe what Jed's working on mm -hmm. uh, now. So yeah, it's a, it's a really, that was one of the things that was um, immediately appealing to me was that you just have total free access to this technology. Yeah. So do you think that that plays a hand in uh, Bitcoin having a competitive advantage over other monetary systems or other like digital payment systems because it, it's kind of open towards innovation and like anybody can go in and kind of you know make changes or do something better to it yeah i don't know if that gives bitcoin the advantage but it definitely gives society the advantage right That's true, because yeah. now they could just borrow from this raw material and improve it or just yeah. you know adjust it to their 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 own needs um and in fact bitcoin developers the core developers aren't very happy when, when they find out that others have been forking the blockchain to make their altcoin. Right. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they look down upon people who try to make altcoins and they, regular, they regularly refer to any altcoin as a scam coin. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty resistant against that kind of and, use. And part of that is because for Bitcoin to be sustainable, the way the system works, you really have to have, you know, wide adoption um, so that the, the the fluctuation in price kind of stabilizes over time. Um, so I, I can see where that would be, cause some issues. But I also think that there's a lot of believers in the technology behind it that aren't necessarily believers in the actual Bitcoin network. Um, well, how do you feel about that? No, that's right. I mean, that's where many of the altcoin creators come from. They're, they're usually are people who were originally involved in the code base of Bitcoin. They've contributed code, they yeah. hung around with the Bitcoin core developers, and then eventually just kind of decided they wanted to take it somewhere else. Right. Uh, so, uh, and, and you have people who, like Charlie Lee, who created Litecoin. Yeah. He, you know, one of the, I mean, the second most successful cryptocurrencies is Litecoin, and now, 
uh, he's kind of gone back and he works at Coinbase, which is a Bitcoin company. Right. So you have people who kind of left, okay. did the side project, and then said, ah, well, I think I'm going to go back and bet on Bitcoin. Yeah. So, you know, you get a, a lot of variability within uh, people who kind of play with the technology. Yeah. Well, that, that's fascinating. I actually didn't know that about, about him uh, joining Coinbase. Um, that, that, to me, makes a point that there are there is a, a broad community of people that believe in cryptocurrency as the future. And so they're really just willing to contribute as a whole. They may have started an altcoin or whatever, but um, there are people out there that they're really just trying to figure out the right way to make it happen on a broad scale. Um, and to me, I, I think that's cool because I kind of believe in it too. I think that um, some of the advantages of having a cryptocurrency uh, could really change the world in some positive ways. Sure. Um, and also, like, here's, here's an interesting way to think about Bitcoin. Um, I was watching a video maybe several weeks back, and someone gave a really good analogy that I think illustrates what I want to say, is that um, if you look at the Internet today, like the original people who worked on the TCP IP protocol, which yeah. is responsible for, you know, Internet communication, um, this was, they were doing this before there were web browsers. Right. So, you know, they're just like geeks in a computer terminal doing things that no one really cared about. Yep. But what they did was created an interesting protocol. Mm -hmm. And today, uh, third parties have built applications that rest on top yeah. of, the, you know, this protocol. So now we have web browsers. Everyone knows how to use a web browser. Yep. Right, but they right. don't necessarily know what TCP/IP is, and so right. on. So I think like the future of Bitcoin is probably something like that. It's not necessarily Bitcoin itself, yeah. but it's it's you know the services that are going to be built on top of that technology. Yeah. So you know I think I we're agree. we're a layer. Currently, we're a layer removed from Bitcoin's success. Yeah. The, the widespread success. I think that that analogy, that that analogous story that you just explained. Um, is directly related to like what we're seeing with with wallets. Yeah, you know, right. People don't exactly. People don't know what the hell a Bitcoin wallet is, but um, you know, I'm willing to bet that in 10 years that'll be a, a prominent thing that people have an understanding for. That's right. And with this one, I can speak to this. A lot of the core developers, um, you can go and talk with them, and they'll admit this is the biggest problem with Bitcoin. It's it's quite technical to yeah. set up and start running your own node and then you get your address and then you start sending coins. So um, a lot of them already believe that hardware wallets are kind of the future yeah. of Bitcoin. They, yeah. they don't believe that it's them working on the software that's going to somehow bring a lot of people in. It, it's going to be um, some other company or some other service that, that really starts to open it for everyone else. So from a technical side, what would you say are like the top three advantages that a cryptocurrency would have? Yeah. So. Uh, and, and, you know, a cryptocurrency itself, um, I don't think necessarily has three advantages. Uh, okay. Like a cryptocurrency, it just, I think it's just something geeky. Like if you're like mathy and you really like this kind of stuff, then yeah. maybe you can get into it. But Bitcoin, uh, which is more than just a cryptocurrency, right? It's an anonymous, um, decentralized, digital crypto, you know, okay, so yeah. I think those, some extra and, and yeah, and those are the three right there, yeah. anonymity, so, you know, you can send okay. transactions to people without um, disclosing your, you know, identification or right. whatever, um, it being digital is big, I mean, this is the big thing missing from the internet, I think, is right. we don't have a native idea of how to uh, have currency transactions, or just right. value transactions. Right. We have PayPal, which blew up and got really big, but, but still, I think it, PayPal is a little more removed from uh, having 
total control of your wealth. Right. And, and, and Bitcoin solves this. Um, and uh, also, you know, it being decentralized, that's another thing. It's a very libertarian concept. You don't have to rely on, on trust or, or some, uh, like, third party who is going to probably transfer your funds for a fee, right? right. So, I mean, you, you, you get uh, transactions that are cheaper and you eliminate the need for a third party. So you actually have, like, full autonomy over your own, own value. So right. I think those are the advantages that Bitcoin brings. And it's... A cryptocurrency so you get to geek out too if you're if you're into that yeah one so one point I particularly like that resonates with me is the the digital side of it and how um, through you know creating a value system digitally uh, you're eliminating a lot of inefficiency in a in a system that we're probably used to seeing like a banking system with um, you know paper and coins and um, credit cards, all, you know, all that type of stuff, and then the processing and back-end stuff that goes in behind it. So I used to work for one of the, uh, the largest retailers in the world um, and got to see how those processes uh, impact the back office of a, of a retailer like that. So how do you process um, you know, payments and how do you issue those, how do you receive money, um, all that type of stuff. Um, and I, what I didn't realize before I worked there was that there are actual people doing um, you know processes to actually make those things work right and and so you know the, the authentication of it um, and the the efficiency that you create by eliminating and I hate to say this it will eliminate jobs but um, you know I think that it's safe to say some of those jobs are, are things that people don't really like doing anyway sure um, so I think it has huge impact and um, for a company you know, that is of that size, uh, the 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 ability to scale like that um, could mean billions and billions of dollars, which adds value to their customers at the end of the day. And it's it like it, it could unlock so much um, potential, um, where you know maybe those people that are losing their jobs, they they can now go do something more creative or more more productive with their time. I I think this is the key actually because. Um, you know, I, I use banks, you use banks, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. right? And, and it's my feeling that the bank, you know, I've been through many banks, they don't really care about what I think or what I want, right? right. And that's because I think they have to focus on what you were describing. So right. a lot of the jobs that totally agree. Are, are going to things that don't really factor into customer satisfaction. That's, so yeah, that's a great even point. though, you know, you may do away with some of these jobs, I think that actually frees the bank up to spend their money yeah. in, in, on things that actually can improve their services for people. Yeah, so so in, it's an opportunity for banks, So I feel. In, instead of calling a 1-800 number and getting a, a automated messaging system that says press 2, press 3, press 7, okay, here's what you should do. You get a real person picks up the phone and can listen to you because sure. they're not spending their time doing the, the administration. Or they give me an app that actually does what or I want it to do with my money yeah. in my account. Um, or I get weekend access. To, you know, yeah. we all know the pains of like, depositing something in your bank on a Friday and you have to wait, you know, for the weekend to be over and then those yeah. batch processes run and these systems that have been in place for, for tens of years yeah. um, kick in and then finally you see all the transactions that went through that you weren't aware of. I mean, Bitcoin, you know, it's digital, which means it's in real time. Yeah. You know, that's one of the, the benefits of this currency, yeah. of anything being digital. It's, it's on-demand access to your wealth, yeah. which banks just currently can't provide. Yeah. So, 
that, so what we've been talking about is kind of a, a business to consumer facing interaction. But what about like on a more macro scale, how a, bit, a, a system like Bitcoin or if Bitcoin actually becomes an, a widely adopted worldwide thing, which it's getting, getting to that point or it's getting there, but not quite as fast as some people would like. What type of impact do you think it will have if it, if it gets to the point where, you know, it's a, it's a common, commonly used thing all across the world? Uh, yeah, so, so the, you know, everything's becoming more globalized, right? right? And so immediately any industry that you're involved in that involves like international trade or whatever, you're, you're going to suddenly be able to save a lot of money. Yeah. And you're going to be able to put your profits towards improving your product or improving, yeah. you know, customers. So, I mean, just across the board, we can already look at it and realize that people are just going to get better stuff. Right. People are going to be happier. Um, with whatever they're getting, uh, whether it comes from um, across the globe or, or whether it comes from uh, just something, just someplace a few states away. Right. Right. So you improve this. Um, another thing is like, I, I think back to like 2013. I don't remember exactly when in the year this happened, but you had uh, like the financial hardships of Greece and mm -hmm. Spain. And, and once this started happening and the currency was becoming devalued, uh, a lot of people, I mean, Bitcoin was on the rise in these yeah. places. So people can use it to, to this technology to guard against these types of instabilities yeah. in government. Yeah. So, I mean, you get, you get these advantages too, because, yeah. you know, there are some places around the world that have, um, you know, sadly, uh, government instability. Mm -hmm. And this affects their wealth and, and yeah. what they've worked their entire life for. Uh, so, it, it's empowering. Um, it increases efficiency with with shipping and trade and and transact. So, I, I can't really see uh, a bleak outlook for for the global adoption yeah, of Bitcoin. It seems like it's just all on the on the uphill. Another thing is, you know, not just globally. There's there's a lead um, uh, core developer of Bitcoin. He's working on getting a Bitcoin satellite into space. So, so, so this what, is yeah. What would that be for? Who knows? But but the thing is, is yeah. like Bitcoin, it, it has a chance to go big and extend uh, beyond Earth. Okay, whatever, okay. So. so we're preparing to exchange with with other intelligent lives. Martians and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So so well, th th those could be humans. Though. So one of the things that I find interesting about you know that macro impact um, is thinking through things like the the monetary systems like Greece and yeah and uh, you know. I spent some I've spent some time in Cambodia before, and I was astonished to find that their local yeah. currency is so volatile that they actually just use dollar US, USD yeah, sure. to to kind of stabilize their markets. Right. Well, it's hard to see that now if if you're just learning about Bitcoin, or um, even if you've been in the game and you've watched it go up and down a little bit, to to think that Bitcoin will ever be that that safeguard against that stuff. But if you think about the inefficiencies between uh, currency exchange markets. So like how that actually happens, how you have to go through processes, how you have to pay, you know, exchange rates and things like that to, to convert currency over. Um, and uh, the, all the processes that do that, I think limit and, and kind of destabilize the way that we want to move our, our value or move our, our money. So if it does become widely, widely adopted, I think that um, you will see that it, it could be one of the most stable things in the world. Yeah, um, it's just so hard to see that right now. But right. but I really do think that uh, it could be. And and I mean that's 
the reason you you said it perfectly. Uh, the reason or or the stability is is directly correlated to the fact that it hasn't been widely adopted. Right. So you have these just waves of hype. You yeah. know, suddenly everyone's interested in Bitcoin, and the, you know this drives the price up. Yeah. And then suddenly no one cares about Bitcoin. You have this market crash. Yeah. And it isn't until you know it's regularly adopted mm -hmm. that that people start to really understand the value right. in terms of how it improves. Uh, money transactions and then you start to see the price stabilize so like that's right now Bitcoin is used Bitcoin's used for two things basically and one what it was intended to do which is just transactions mm -hmm. but now you have this whole speculative market that's yeah. you know the financial industry's jumping on and yeah. and so long as that exists that you can really start to speculate and and make lots of money on on the hype and the, the troughs yeah. and peaks uh, I, I think that's a testament to it not being uh, adopted to the extent that it needs to be. Yeah. So um, that, that's just something to keep a keep an eye on when you yeah when you watch yeah. Bitcoin progress in the future. O overall, though, one of the last points I think I'll make is, uh, you know, I think I think having a a currency that could be used worldwide that is decentralized so that there's no political interference and honestly just energy and time wasted by governments right. trying to work with each other to do deals and make money move from one place to the other and put more power into consumers hands or to people's hands um, you know that'd be one of the coolest things I think in our lifetime if that happens so. sure it's a it's a game changer yeah. and it's, it's totally going to revolutionize the way we handle wealth in the same way that currency itself revolutionize you know we no longer have like a bartering system yeah. or some type of uh, like borrow trade yeah. way of exchanging wealth. We, we have currency and I think this is the next step. This is like the third generation of how we use wealth. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Good talk. Well, yeah, it was, it was great chatting with you about this. I know, you know, you can go deeper into blockchain <laughs> stuff if we wanted to, but you know, the economics behind it is fascinating to me. Right. And, and me uh, too. I mean, that's, it's one of the reasons that I was pulled into it. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I, I'm glad that I could learn from you today. And that, no, it was great, great talking with yeah. you. I'm, I'm glad you're interested. Awesome. And well, looking we forward to this combo. Looking forward to chatting more about it. Okay. I'm looking forward to chatting more about it. Too. Cool. <laughs>